0: With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Gittin, Daflamit Hey, page 35. We begin in the second line, Nimnu Mil hashbiyah. They stopped her from swearing. So we said in the Mishnah that in order for an almana, a widow, to collect her k'suvah money, to collect the money that's owed to her from her husband who passed away, so she has to go to the Yasomim, those who are the inheritors of her husband, and she has to swear to them. And she has to swear that she didn't take anything from the k'suvah money, and then she gets that money. So the Gemara says, however, they stopped. The Mishnah said that they stopped making her swear. So my time, the Gemara wants to know why is it that they stopped making her swear? mishum <laughs> if it's because of the following thing of Rav Kahana. Damer Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana says, Armilah Marav those who say that it was Rav Yehuda Rav, who said it. There was, a, there was a story with a certain man, bishnei in the years of famine, zav So he gave over a certain dinner, a, a certain amount of money to a certain widow, Vinach the and she placed it inside of a a uh, jug of flour, a place where she was storing her flour, and by accident she actually she accidentally baked it into her bread, and she gave it over to a poor person. She sold it to someone. Liam, as the days passed, Bob so the man who had given her the money to watch for her, for him, so he came, and he said to her, Give me my dinner, where's the money? I'm relay. So she says to him, She said, The poison should affect and kill one of, my, one of her children. She was saying it of a different woman. She meant about herself. If I had any enjoyment, if I benefited at all from your money. Meaning she was saying, I don't know what happened to it, and I, and I, and I promise you I didn't touch it. Amru So they said It was only a few days later That one of her children passed away When the rabbis heard this If it's true by somebody who swore truthfully That this is what happens So someone who swears falsely Certainly something like this will happen So another wants to know Why was she punished? Dinner what was the problem? What did she say that was not true? Why was she punished? Because actually what happened was she didn't sell a whole a whole piece of bread because there was a small area where the dinner was, where that coin was that was taken up by the coin, and therefore it wasn't being, it was, she didn't give the full amount of the bread, so therefore she saved that amount of flour so indeed she did have some kind of benefit from it. what does it mean that she swore truthfully? She didn't swear truthfully. The truth was that she, that she did indeed have some kind of benefit from it. The Gemara answers, "No, it's as is It says, "If, you know, as far as she was concerned, she was swearing f- truthfully." So now, so if that's the reason why we say that she doesn't swear anymore because of that story, almana, forget about a widow, nami. even as someone who's divorced, she also shouldn't swear. Alama why did ibizera say almana? This is only a widow. but a divorcee. they do indeed allow her to swear. The Gemara answers a widow is different. The Baal no the Keter HaKamedi, "Ansi lauria hetera." That's such a woman who a woman who's a widow so she's still hanging out with those children she's still hanging out with the inheritors of the, of the husband and she is still providing and helping them out so she'll say to herself well listen okay they gave me a little bit of the money from the Ksuva already but Lamaisa, you know I am working for them I am helping them out so I deserve that money it's not really considered she'll think she'll make a whole explanation in her head why it's okay that she took that money and she will end up swearing heaven forbid she'll, she'll swear for falsely so when it comes to a widow we don't want that to occur and therefore we say and this, can't swear. Amar of Amar Omer of bar Abba, Rabbi the said in the name of Rabbi Yirmiah, the son of Ahaba. Ravishmo and Shmuel Tarvahu, Both Rav Shmuel said the following. Lohishan, i Besdin. bezdin. We only said this in a court of Alchutzla Bezdin, but outside of court, Mashbinaso, they do indeed make her swear. Meaning since when she's inside of a bez inside of a court, it's a real serious swear, they make her hold on to a safer Torah, and it's a real serious swear. So then she can't do that, because we don't want her to swear such a thing falsely. But outside of Bezdin, outside of the court, so the swear is not as serious, so she indeed does it falsely, so it's not going to be as bad, and therefore we allow her to do that. According to Rav and Shmuel, any the Gemara asks is that so, So we know that Rav he did not collect the money of the ksuva for a widow. So why didn't she? Why didn't he do that? He should have allowed her to swear outside of the court. Where is Kasha? It's a good question. In masnu. In Surah they learned it. Hachi as follows. I'm sorry, the way we just said it. But in Harda they said it as follows. Are you the that this is only true by a bezdin. but outside of the court we do indeed allow her to swear in this version Rav argued so we don't, don't even allow her to make any kind of swear even outside of a court and Rav was, according to his reasoning that Rav did not allow a widow to get to get any money from her Ksuvah money so Gemara says why don't we do what it says in the Mishnah, the eighth of the Mishnah is that we create some kind of vow. She says, I, I'm going to never eat I heaven forbid. I'm not saying this, but she says I'm not she's never gonna eat any kind of fruits again if she if she collected any money from the from the Ksuva. And that was good enough for us in the Mishnah. Why don't we do that? Why didn't Rav do that? My answer is B'Shani the Rav, Kili Nidri. In the years of Rav, so people looked down upon vows, they weren't as makba, they weren't as careful about their vows. They didn't see it as something that they couldn't break. So therefore Rav couldn't use that he couldn't use that idea. said the Ravuna. There was a certain woman who came in, in front of Ravhuna and he, and she said that she wanted to collect her money. So he says there are my Avilah. What can I do for you? The Because my Rabbi, Rav, Ravuna's Rabbi was Rav. So he said that you can't collect the money for a ksufa for a widow a widowed woman. So she said back to him, Me who time el what's the reason why I, I can't I can't collect my money because you're afraid that perhaps I took some kind of money out of my klum. <laughs> she swore by Hashem that she did not take anything meaning on her own she went and she swore so Rav Huna says that uh, Rav Huna says that indeed Rav would be Modi he would admit that if she indeed jumped on her own and she said her own swear without us causing her to swear that she is indeed believed we don't permit her to do it because we're afraid that she'll be making it up, but if she does it on her own, she swears on her own, indeed she is indeed believed. There's a certain woman who came, wanted to collect her k'suvah, and she came in front of Rabbah, the son of My Hunah. So he says to her, I can't help you out. Because Rav did not collect the money of a k'suva for a widow. But Abba Mari, my, my father, my Rebbe, which was he was referring to la armalta. He also didn't allow her to collect the money. So she says, if that's the case, I can't take the, take the money from my suva. so then at least allow me to be provided for by the Yislam. and Provided for means that she's going to get all the money that you know she needs to live. You also cannot have that money as well. As soon as a woman comes, and she wants to get the money from her k'suva, in the Mazonis so she no longer has the rights to be provided for by the assignment by the children of the man who passed away why? so rashi explains because as soon as she shows that she wants to move on and get married to somebody else that shows that she no longer needs to have that connection to the assignment so therefore she's not going to be allowed to get she's not going to have either benefit she can't collect the k'suva money and she can't even get mezunah she can't even get provided for for her basic necessities Amr alay so she got all upset afchua lekur she cursed the out and said your chair should be turned over you did to me like both of them meaning you took both sides you don't allow me to have any way out so what did they do they tried to make it that the, the curse shouldn't come true she meant to say that he should, his whole life should be upside down not just his chair so what did they do? they took his chair and they turned it upside down to try to make it that the curse should, should fall out that way Nevertheless, he wasn't able to release himself of the curse and he got sick Amar leRav Yehuda leRav Yirmiyah b'Rav. Rav Yehuda said to Rav Yirmiyah b'Rav, 'Acher beBesdin vaAsh beChutz beBesdin, v'leSikol v'leipol ba'odnai.' So he said like this: Let her make a vow inside of Besdin and let her swear outside of Besdin, outside of the court. And I want the the sound, the voice, the rumor to reach my ears. The the I want to hear that a woman is again able to collect the money from her k'suva money, because it seems that for men, for a long time people weren't the women, the women were getting short change. They weren't able to collect the money from their k'suva. So he wanted to change that. That's why he said that. Gufa. we just we learned something previously. We're gonna rehash. Amir b'zer m'shmuel. Vizir said in but this was only said in regards to a widow of Algrusha in regards to a divorcee, so we do indeed allow her to swear. da Adraloi, is it true that we don't let her just make a vow, they sent from there Bas Kevilas Gita, Minyada Da Acha A certain woman, this daughter of a certain woman, she received some kind of divorce document from the hand of this person Ahabahidya. The Miskari Aya, who is also referred to as Aya Mari. And she made a vow, and she forbade all of the fruits of the world upon herself, like a Vilas that she didn't accept any of the money from the Ksuvah previously, except for what El Glufkura except for a certain uh, woolen garment, the to and one book of Psalms, the Sefer and a book of Job, and uh, and the book of Mishle, and these were all, these books were all worn out. We turn the page to the Lamed Hema Beis, meaning she didn't get a significant amount from the Ksuvah. the Shamnum, and they evaluated the value of the mana that it was worth 500, five mana. And it says, When it gets to you, when it gets to the next court, So allow her to collect the rest of what she's owed. So we see that indeed we do make a vow in regards to somebody who got divorced, so why tell me that you allow them to swear a Marvashi so Ravashi says "I who get give min hava?" That was a special case of a divorce because in that case we're not talking about where she got divorced from somebody who was a regular person who married her but rather it was a divorce from the person who had been previously her brother-in-law meaning she was originally married to Ruvain Ruvain passed away they had no children now she married Shimon which is the brother of Ruvain and now Shimon divorces her so when she's trying to get her k'suvah money she's getting it from the nechassim from the property of Ruven, the first husband so that's what Rashi says so therefore in that case she has to make a vow but in a normal case of a divorce so it would indeed work for her to make some kind of swear the G'mar continues with the two dots. He's saying Rebbe Gamliel Hazakein, she's saying to her he said that Rebbe Gamliel Hazakein, he made a takani, he made a decree, that in order for her to be able to get the money, so all she has to do is make a vow. A'ma Rav Huna, Rav Huna says, He says, this case that we're talking about where we allow her to make the vow is when she did not yet get married. Avalni says if she's already indeed married and she has not yet gotten her money, in my dear we do not allow her to make a vow. Because Rashi explains we're afraid that if she makes a vow, so it's not going to be a significant vow because her husband can easily annul the vow. Because her husband has the right to do that. But as long as she's not married, so there's nobody to annul that vow. Nisis my time uh, what's the reason to make for labal? because the husband is going to annul it Ki ni nami, so even if she's not married, there's going to be a problem that uh lehi may for la Gemara says that when she gets married afterwards, so the is still going to be able to, to be for. it's going to be able to annul that vow. Mor says no for. The Baal, the husband, does not have the ability to, to annul any kind of vows that were made before they got married. We should be worried that perhaps she's going to go. How can we trust her to make this vow? Maybe she'll go afterwards to some kind of rabbi. She'll tell the rabbi about this vow that she made, and he'll annul the vow, because the rabbi has the ability to do that. Because he holds, when we said that, we hold that in order for her to be able to get the, the vow annulled by a rabbi, she has to explain the whole circumstance, how she made this, this vow. So she's not going to be able to get it nullified unless she, tell, she tells him that the reason that he made the vow was in court. So Rav Nachman, Omar, Rav Nachman says, Even if she already got married, so she's still allowed to make this vow. Nisei is if for Labal. The Gomar says, What do you mean? If she's married, so certainly the husband is going to annul the vow. The Gomar says, No. That we make her make this vow when she's in public. And when she makes the vow in public, so then the Labal, the husband, does not have the right or the ability to annul that vow. will you a question. Nisei If she got married, so she's allowed to collect her ksuva in Nadra if she made the, the vow. My love, Nadra Hashta. So th- maybe this is talking about where she made the vow now, and that would be a proof that indeed, even after she got married, she's allowed to make the vow. So the Gemara answers, make then When did she make the vow? She made the vow before she got married. Tanya, and by the way, I'm just going to mention that that's why it says in Nadra it's past tense if she had already made the vow. So the Gemara says, Wait, tanya, we learned that her us so If she got married, she's allowed to make a vow and then get her money, so there it's clear. So that she's allowed indeed to make a vow after she got married, even though the the husband could indeed perhaps annul that vow. The answer is Tanahi. So we say it's indeed a tanahim it's an argument between the Tanaim, the the Yeshle Because there's one who says that if you even if you make a nether, if you make this vow in public, so the husband still has the ability to annul it. So therefore she would not be believed via this vow to collect her suva. And there are those there's one who says that indeed you cannot. The habal the husband husband. husband has not the ability to to annul a vow that was made in public, and therefore she would be believed to make that vow who will ask you a, shwa, a Shayla question. In general, if a person comes and he wants to have a chacham, some kind of rabbi annul his vow, does he have to explain the whole circumstance and to specify exactly what the nether was? Rav Nachman says he does not have to explain. Rav Papa says, No, indeed, you do have to explain the circumstance. Rav Nachman says, You don't have to. Because if we say that you indeed need to explain, the whole circumstance and everything that you said. Zin and the guy like le dibure. Sometimes when he's coming to this chacham, to this rabbi, he's going to say something. He's not going to say the whole story. The chacham, and the chacham, the, the rabbi, is only going to annul the things that he spoke about. So he might leave something out, and then part of it will remain, and part of the vow will remain, and he'll think that he's free, but he's not really. Papa, Amar Rapapa says, Tzarech, you do indeed need to explain the whole circumstance and the whole vow." de because we're afraid of a case where you made some kind of vow for some reason that uh, the rabbi should not be annulling that vow, for instance, our case. So therefore, we always have to tell him all the circumstances. Not, we learned that in the Mishnah, let's say someone is marrying women that he's not allowed to marry, for instance, a Kohen, who's marrying a woman who's a divorcee, so he's not allowed to do any kind of avodah. he's not allowed to perform the service in the basement of Miklis, in the temple, actually either or not until he promises, he makes a vow that he's not going to have relations with his wife, he's not going to be with her anymore, but Tony Allah, and we learned upon this, there he makes a vow and he's, he serves in the basement of English in the temple, he goes down to Magarish, and after he's completed his service, he's allowed to then go, he should go, and then divorce her, and if it would be true that it's not necessary to specify exactly the whole context of a vow, later we should be worried that what's this guy going to do this Kohen that he's going to go and, and annul his vow in front of a rabbi so this is a proof that what's happening there must be that indeed he does have to say he has to explain exactly the circumstances and therefore in such a case he wouldn't be able to get away with this so the Umar answers on Lamud of and Aleph we continue to 36a the Madrina labor that we make the nether that this net that he made that he makes it in public it could be indeed that we don't he doesn't have to specify exactly what he did exactly what he said what the circumstances were. So, why is it that we, we believe him? Because he made this nether, he made this vow in public. And therefore, you can't go to a rabbi and have it annulled. This is good according to the one who says that if it was made in public, that it can't be annulled. But according to the one who says, can be annulled. Michael what are we going to say? We shouldn't believe his vow. No, this is a different case. This is a case where you actually made this vow. He made this vow with the understanding that it depends on everyone's understanding of it. What does this mean? Let's see. The said is even according to the one that says that if you make a nether you make a vow. In public it can be annulled Al Rabim, if you make it dependent on on the thoughts of everyone, en cannot be annulled. Meaning, since everyone is going to say that this, there's no reason for this to be annulled, everyone will agree to that, so therefore, even if he tries to annul it can't be annulled. When is it that it can't be annulled? Only if, if the, the vow was something that was not a mitzvah. Well, a mitzvah, but if it's something that's a commandment, it can be annulled, even if it was done, with the intention that it be dependent upon everyone. For example, for like that story, the there was a certain rabbi who used to teach young children, the Ajay Rav Acha al Das Rabin. Rav Acha made, a, made him make a vow that he would never teach those children again, and this vow was made on the Das Rabin based on everyone's understanding, because he used to hit the kids too much a haji ravina and ravina he was able to annul that vow why? because even though he used to strike the children nevertheless there was no better rebbe he was the best teacher that there was around so they wanted to bring him back to his post but otherwise if not for that if not for the fact that it was a mitzvah for him to teach and he was the best teacher around so they wouldn't have allowed this vow to be annulled since it's being done al das rabbim with intention and understanding of everyone so then it can't be annulled except in the case of a mitzvah because then everyone would agree that in order for him to do this mitzvah, he's allowed to annul his vow.